Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Goal Line Podcast. Today, we are joined by assistant coach for the University of Montana women's soccer program, and that is James Landum. James's main responsibilities are to work with the goalkeeper, so we're very excited to have him on. And James, thanks for taking the time to do this, man. Absolutely. Very excited about it. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, James, you know, first question I like to ask everybody who's in the coaching industry is, mm. you know, how did you get into coaching? Yeah, great question. Um, I feel like, um, I mean, everybody has their long and short story. Um, but I think that everybody also that's in it for a long time realizes that they don't really know what coaching is until five or six years into it. <laughs> so I feel like I'm, mm. I'm just now learning about both kind of the art and the science of coaching. Um, but when I first got into it, it was all about, um, just staying on the soccer field as much as possible. I, I tried some other jobs shortly after college. My undergrad degree was in, uh, exercise science and which complements coaching quite a bit, but, right. um, it was, um, spending lots of time in the gym and lots of time, um, kind of almost in a corporate, uh, fitness setting. And hmm. pretty soon it just kind of burnt me out and all I wanted to do was want to be on the soccer field. So my semi-pro career started coming to an end. Um, I tried to play professionally for a little bit. That definitely, uh, was a cool experience, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, you learn pretty quick that, that's a whole nother world. Um, super exciting again right. to, uh, to spend some time, at least in training camps. But, um, I learned a lot from that. And then I just kind of started uh, my alma mater, um, Union University offered me the men's assistant, um, and goalkeeper coaching position. Um, and that's where I kind of first started being like, okay, this is, this is really what I want to do. Um, and, and then from there, um, it was, I transitioned over to the women's side where I was the volunteer or the part-time assistant goalkeeper coach at the university of Northern Colorado. And then I went back home to Nashville and I was the volunteer assistant and goalkeeper coach at Vanderbilt. Um, all this time I was getting my, my master's in sport coaching. Um, and now I'm at Montana. So, um, a lot there, but the main thing is I got into it because I really kind of can't imagine doing anything else. And it just kind of began, um, the deeper concepts of coaching began to really intrigue me. Um, and you know, the, the sport of soccer aside, the way we're developing athletes, the way we are, um, teaching and communicating and organizing, as you know, it's, it's kind of a, a small world of its own that involves business and administration right. and communication and, um, so really the challenge of it, um, it's, I tell people this all the time that I'm a division one women's soccer coach and the soccer piece of what I do is about 15% of what I do, <laughs> you know, the other, 85, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the other 85% is, is, um, developing players, communicating, you know, connecting with, with alumni, connecting with the community, um, organizing, just trying to become better at it. You know, education is a massive part of, of, mm -hmm staying on top of your coaching profession. So, uh, long answer, yeah, but you know, coaching I, just grabbed me. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate it. You, you know, you gave us the, the whole rundown of, yeah. of your coaching career. And I, you know, I, I love that. I love that you mentioned and you touched on, you know, you don't really know that you're getting into coaching until five or six years in. Cause yeah, you know, exactly. I, I couldn't agree more with that, you know, I'm going into, you know, my fifth year as a coach, mm -hmm. I was on the sideline. And I'm just like, you know, but everything is slowly starting to click for me. You know, I, I look yes. back 
on my first three years coaching, I'm just like, you know, like the third year, the third and fourth year, I was kind of starting to get it. But like those first two years, I could look back and be like, what the hell was I thinking? Like, why was I doing this? And, you know, <laughs> yeah. you start to kind of yeah. formulate a style. So, I mean, so what I want to ask you is like, when you first took your volunteer or your first mm-hmm. position at your alma mater to where you are now, you know, what are some of the things that you can look back on in those first couple of years and be like, you know, what were the mistakes that you made and how have you changed them to where oh you are now? God. Dude, phenomenal question. Um, I really think that, you know, the, my first part of that answer is my job at Union was to fill a position. You know, I kind of, um, mm. you know, they needed somebody that uh, it's a it's a small liberal arts school. So they're looking for a very specific uh, person to kind of meet their their needs. Um, I was honestly, really, truly, and honestly, I was one of the least uh, qualified for the job that they gave me. I'm so thankful for it. Um, but I right. knew goalkeeping. And so the, the head coach at the time, um, good guy, but you know, when, when you look back on it, you can kind of start picking out your own coaches who understood coaching and who didn't. And he, uh, kind of fell on the wrong side of that, if I'm honest. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, so my main job was like, okay, Jay, you take the goalkeepers and then that's it. Like that was kind of my only responsibility. Right, right. And, um, so I, I mean, that was, that was a, a year and a half, two full seasons of literally just working with goalkeepers and getting my feet wet, really learning about coaching. But it was all, my main thing is I just thought I was hanging out with a big group of guys that I used to play with, you know, and, uh, right. and kicking, kicking mm-hmm. soccer balls at, at goalkeepers while I still trained for myself. So, um, it was very, very limited knowledge. Um, you know, I did do the fitness component for the team as well. Um, but as far as what coaching, the, the intricate details of managing players and maximizing players and, um, creating a culture and an environment for youth to grow and develop, um, I was, I was not doing that. <laughs> you know, I was really kicking right, right. balls and hanging out with my friends. Um, and so, absolutely, I was um, the same way though too. Yeah, so. it's a blast. <laughs> You're not it's alone. great. Yeah, it's it's great. Right. It was, and honestly, my my time at Northern Colorado wasn't that much different. That is when I started my master's program and started seeing, oh wow, you can you know this is what um, team culture is. This is what a coaching philosophy is. This is what methodology is. This is what you know player development looks like. And. Uh, so it was it was the formal education that began uh, painting the picture of the coaching profession and teaching profession for me. Um, and then mm-hmm. after that, finally, I went to uh, Vanderbilt as the as the volunteer assistant goalkeeper coach. And and at the Power Five level, man, like you got to be on at all times. And Darren Ambrose right. is is the head coach there, um, and he understands teaching and coaching and. He creates, um, he's extremely intentional in the culture that he creates um, and in the environment he creates. And in, and in every single session, every single action is calculated. So it's, that's when I was like, whoa, this is, this is a whole new world that you can be a, a specialist in. And so um, that was my biggest year of development. Um, I think I've kind of sidetracked your question a little bit. <laughs> Um, but looking looking back on it about what I would change, 
Um, man, I think the first thing that I would say and would also encourage um, other goalkeeper coaches, young coaches, not just goalkeeper coaches, any coach to do, is from the very get-go, find a mentor that understands teaching. Because it was, it was four years into my coaching career that I finally had a mentor that understood the teaching component. Um, and so, you know, I was, I was learning, I was falling in love with coaching in those early years, but it wasn't until, um, Vanderbilt that, that I actually understood, um, you know, wow, this is, this is a profession that, um, you can, you know, really, really dive deep into. So I hope right. that answers and, it. <laughs> yeah. So what, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. And, you know, when you entered that division one level, it's especially yes. at a, in a power five conference, you know, what, what was, was the culture shock different going from Union to Northern Colorado? And now, you know, you're, even though you're a volunteer, I would assume that coach Ambrose yes. still kind of viewed you as a, as a full-time staff. So, I mean, exactly, you know, what, what was that whole experience like from day one? Yeah. Great, great question. Um, definitely. I mean, and, and that's on, that's on Vanderbilt there. They, uh, did a wonderful job of, of integrating me into the team. There's a lot of volunteer positions that are, are great, but you gotta, you know, early on, I let them know that, um, I want to be as involved and as engaged as possible. Um, you mm-hmm. know, so not just the, the guy that cleans out the shed, although I did that and I was, I enjoyed that, but, and they, they, right. and, again, on them, they brought me into every single team meeting. They brought me into, you know, Darren was very, very specific about what responsibilities I would have. Um, and so, um, he did a phenomenal job of, of saying, Hey, this is your role. Um, this is your task. This is, this is our expectations. Um, you know, and as I fulfilled them, I was given more and more responsibility. So, um, it was a great experience because, um, I didn't just feel like, you know, uh, a place filler. I felt like an important part of the staff. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. it's an important thing. You know, every single thing that I've learned there, I was writing down or, or taking with me and, and creating my own, uh, template for, which I means so many of the things we now, um, incorporate here at Montana. Of course, it, you know, the Power Five environment, um, the Vanderbilt environment is different than the Montana environment. So you, so you look at it and you have to personalize it to your, to your new environment. But, um, it's been really cool to see the, the tools and resources that we've been able to kind of, um, use to still complete the same tasks of building a stronger team and, and creating stronger sessions and, um, you know, kind of directing the team in that way. Yeah, absolutely. So what what were, let's say, maybe one or two things that you really admired mm. about Coach Ambrose? I know you touched on the teaching point, but um, is, is there anything else, you know, that you really took away from him and now that you use pretty consistently at, at Montana? Yeah, there's there's a, a, so many things, honestly. But I think um, the intentionality of every single training session, you know, he is extremely knowledgeable of the game of soccer, you know, just just truly, truly um phenomenal at that side but he never did anything on the soccer field without consulting his his assistants and Ken and KK are two uh phenomenal assistants and well Ken's the associate head and then KK is the is the assistant coach and um so every single training session even if the t- training session was at 6 a.m. 
myself and the rest of the staff would be sitting at the whiteboard at 5 a.m. just to go over um, what the mm -hmm. session was about. You know, when are coaching points going to be hit? Um, do we need to, you know, scrap the entire session because we just don't feel good about it? Um, and then after the session, you kind of had a, a post-training session review, like how did it go, how did which players excelled, um, and and that was a really cool um, thing to see, just that level of detail. Because I think that we kind of get in our head that you know oh, I've I can just kind of go out and and throw the cones down and create a, a generally good session, but at the highest level um, and trickling down, you should be extremely intentional with with what you're teaching and how you're teaching. You know, they were even saying, you know, how hard are we on the girls today? So what what tone are we taking? You know, mm, that was that was yeah, that was an interesting part. Is is today a a day to um kind of communicate more on our successes um and and communicate in a tonality that uh communicates, you know, great work on the success, let's keep going or is today kind of a a you know, a grinding day, a, a get into them day a little bit. So that level of detail. Right. And, and, huh. and once you're exposed to that level of detail, you realize that you can apply that same template to literally everything, you know. So um, team building events and even travel itineraries and, and, and community engagement, you know, what kind of tone, what kind of professionalism are we bringing to this environment um, was, was pretty cool. To, yeah, no, I that's see. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then then another especially, thing, especially like the, the tone part of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, I was gonna say like the, the tone it, it you know, it's a different it's a different style, you know. Like I think too, thinking about it, you know, you every session you could have the same session, but yes. again, how you communicate to the players is the intensity might be different, you know, the the yeah. mental focus on the players could be different. So that you know, that's interesting. That's an yeah, interesting concept exactly. of human behavior really. Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. What do the players need today? And because you could, if you wanted, every single day get out there and just, you know, run into them, just absolutely right. Um, run them to their max, and you know, not literally run them, but but in every single session, be on them about um, being their very best. But but at the end of the day, you're you're working with humans, you're working with college athletes, you're working with uh, young adults, and they need to be nurtured and and encouraged and you know too much you know driving on them is is going to run them down but then likewise it being too especially at the at the power five level being too lenient with them is going to kind of allow them to um fall back on the human nature of of half-assing a little bit you know <laughs> so uh, it was, right, it was right, a really absolutely. interesting, delicate balance to see, you know, all right, today on a scale of one to 10, we're, we're going to be at an eight in, in our coaching points, you know? And so it's like, all right, let's kind of turn it up a little bit, you know? Okay. Today on a scale of one to 10, we're going to be at a five on our, on our coaching points and, you know, kind of, okay, let's kind of go a little bit, um, <clears throat> more encouraging than, than directing. So really really interesting and yeah. at the same time there was always a demand for them to to listen and participate and stay focused um absolutely yeah and then you also yeah, have no, the, the, the benefit the, of working with with you know Vanderbilt students i mean they were just phenomenal right with, so right yeah, yeah that's amazing so yeah. now that you're at montana mm -hmm. i mean you guys have been pretty successful i know it's a new coach mm -hmm. or relatively you know new coach yeah. and you know, you've been success, so successful. And what is it about 
the coaching staff that you guys do consistently, yeah. um, you know, to keep such a successful program. Yes. Well, you know, so because I mean, you got you guys recently you you won the the Big Sky last year, right? Yeah, yeah, won the Big Sky regular season last year, and the year before that, we uh, we won the tournament. Uh, I wasn't with them at the time, but um, mm. you know, I attribute a lot of that to just the trickle down effect. We have we have an athletic department that really supports us, uh, and we have facilities that really support us as well, and a community that really supports us. So that's that's the first degree. Uh, second degree is we have the athletes, you know, we have a, a senior class uh, and even a junior class that has been through a lot um, and has come together through that. Um, and and then the final, you know, the final piece would be Chris, Katie, and myself, um, who we work extremely well together. Um, you know, a, an important part of my coaching story is I wasn't going to take this job because I had a position available to me back home in Nashville um, with Belmont University. Uh, phenomenal coach, but it was it was a part-time position. Um, and it was just something about the way that Chris organizes his teams and the, the beliefs and value, values-based program he has here. And, um, you know, and the amount of responsibility he, he wanted to give me, not just willing to give me, but, but when I came for my official visit um, to see if I was going to take the position, he was just like, man, I'm ready to give you responsibility and develop you. And, and um, so it was just like, okay, this is the place I got to go. And since then, uh, you know, the, the culture, I think, would be the biggest thing that I can, I can, you know, that's a buzzword. It's kind of a fluff word a lot of right, times, but right. um, we define culture as a shared set of values observed through behavior and upheld through standards. And so, you know, we define our, our values and we define our behaviors uh, and, and we define our standards. And, you know, that just creates this environment that uh, anything below standards or anything outside of behaviors uh, is not upholding the core values that this team holds. Um, and then again, like I said, that the middle piece of those, of everything is our players. They've just bought in. You know, our success is because we have some players that, uh, that buy in. I, I have, um, a firm belief that if Chris and Katie and I didn't show up, our players would, would throw down the cones, uh, and run a progressive topical training session. <laughs> you know, like they would, Right, uh, right. Get out there, and they'd they'd have their warm up. They'd they'd go through a technical skill, and then a a small tactical piece, and then a finishing session, and then a game, and then they'd have a core and a, a core exercise and a and a cool down, and then Chris and Katie and I show up, and I'm like, oh wow, there they are. <laughs> right. Uh, so it's, it's really cool. <laughs> no, it's having, amazing. Having it feels like we have all the pieces that we need to just continue this success. Um. While still being, you know, a a, a mid major program, so um, you know we're we're very realistic about what we can do and what we can be with our with our budget and with our attraction from certain players. Right. But um, it's really cool to see the the amount of success that's coming just from being everybody being on the same page and and moving in the same direction. Yeah. So how how do you get you know what are some of the ways that you guys get that buy in from the players? Yeah. To to get everyone on the same page, you know, to be those self driven individuals. Yeah, yeah. Chris is, um, you know, he'll be the first to say that he's a little insane. 
when it just comes to how passionate and directed he is. Um, and he balances that as a head coach with, with being extremely personable. Um, and, you know, and he, and he gives Katie and myself a lot of responsibility. Um, and, you know, Katie has, is, is extremely, uh, important part of our, our staff, um, because of how much she's able to be like, guys, settle down. Y'all are, y'all are approaching this from a, from a man's perspective and, and we need to be, um, thinking about what the girls need and how, how they hear what we're saying. And, um, so that buy-in comes from having three voices that work really well together. Um, and I think a big part of the buy-in is that, that Chris upholds his own core values. You know, he's not like, Hey, this is what the mm -hmm. team is. He's not, you know, this is what the team is about. Um, it's not necessarily what I'm about. You know, Darren Ambrose was one of the first people to tell me that, that again, uh, uh, culture, team culture is this, this buzzword, um, surrounded by, you know, a shared set of values. Um, but right. if the coach himself does not fully buy in and stay dedicated to those core values, then, then the players are first, the players are extremely perceptive. And they might overlook it, but but behind you know behind the doors they're like, man, coach, this is really not upholding, you know, hard work, persistence, learning, relationships, right. and joy, which are our, our core values. You know, so they yeah, and, and you you know you're not you're not supposed to be turned on all the time, but in the in the grand right. scheme of things, Chris does a really good job of upholding his own core values, which the players buy into. Yeah, and it, you know, I think you also touched on it an interesting point too, just being, being a male coach with yes. on a women's program, you know, when you first, you know, started coaching women, what were some of the, some of the maybe one or two big adjustments you had to make just from a, a male coaching an all women's team? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting. And a lot of people, so many people feel like they can speak into that as male coaches. And my first thought is that I actually kind of can't speak into that because I only have my own perspective. You know, like I have my male perspective, but, um, that being said, I feel like that then allows me to, to, um, kind of take the point of view of, of if, you know, what can I control? Uh, what can I come to this conversation with understanding? You know, if, if, a, if a female player is, is struggling with, with something, my kind of male approach is like, I've taught this four or five times. How have you not got this? And then it's like, no, I need to, I really need right. to try and approach this. So I think, um, um, coming at things from, from the understanding that I won't fully understand. Um, but I can, I can it, try my best to be patient and also be right. willing, be willing to be wrong. You know, like my, my male perspective on on the game of soccer um, is is limited by its own experiences, you know. So I, I have to mm -hmm. constantly constantly be aware of of uh, how I'm saying things, my body language, um, you know, my intensity. You know, does this moment call for a high level of intensity, like I want, or should I? kind of take a little bit of a backseat approach and, and just observe. So right. those are some of the things, you know, and something that, um, that an overarching answer to that question was, was really helpful um, is that 
uh, on the men's side, players want someone to compete against. And on the women's side, players want someone to compete with. And it's so subtle, mm. but it has helped me a ton, you know, because again, like right. I, I had training sessions as, as a semi-pro athlete and as a college athlete where I would show up and put my cleats on and not know the guy I'm playing with, but it doesn't matter because we have an opponent to beat, you know, because like right. we have, you know, you go to these tryouts and, and you don't know anybody there, but he's wearing the same color bib as me. So we're on the same team. Let's kick the other team's ass, you know. On the women's side, it's right. so much more about the relationship building. Um, and when you when you maximize that, you can really create extremely knowledgeable, hardworking, determined athletes. But that relationship piece comes first. I love it. I love yeah. it. So, and I mean, that also uh, James, can be you know, maximized last question. on the men's oh, go ahead. side. Yeah, that, that also yeah, can be absolutely. maximized on the men's side as well. So, I mean, you look at Liverpool right now. For they sure. have an incredible relationship program, you know, just, just with each other. Right. So. Um, neither men's or women's are exclusive from each other, in my opinion, but, but they do have their strengths. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So cool. as we wrap up, George, uh, James, sorry. Yeah. I have one last question that I do like to ask everyone. And that yeah. is, you know, what, as you move from team to team and you mm -hmm. come in contact with a handful of different players, you know, what do you want them to have said about you as a person and as a coach? You know, what, what legacy do you want to leave? Damn, dude, great question. Love this. Yeah, it's my um, favorite favorite one to ask. That's so cool. Um, <laughs> you know, I for for so long it was about creating the best training session. You know, having the most fun, and you know, having a session where you come away from it where I feel good about how I ran the session. Um, you know, my topic came out. My, um, you know, it was it was information based my coaching points were on point they're they were hit at the right time um you know i didn't overdo my coaching point i didn't um miss an opportunity to teach you know so a lot of that for early on was like as you begin learning that those things are controllable variables you start wanting that to be your focus but then you kind of evolve past that even more after seeing some mentors of mine do so and and, and i realized like wow it really is about developing because in the in the in the in the, mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things, each player ideally will maximize their time here at the University of Montana, and even if they maximize their time, that's four years of playing within the context of their entire life. Um, right. And you know, when I first started hearing coaches say that, I was like, okay, that's cheesy. And then you start, <laughs> you know, like. Like and then you start being yeah. like, no, it's it's true. Like, Chris has a has a right. philosophy that better people make better players, as opposed to better players yep. make better people. And and you know, so we're recruiting to to find good people, and we're trying to build good people. Uh, and then if you know, winning and and having uh, an an awesome training and and game environment on the side is is pretty freaking awesome. So, um, I want my right. players to feel like they were. Uh, engaged with and understood, um, and despite any of our differences, you know, I, I want them to feel like they were seen and and appreciated and um, and learned from. You know, I, I try and learn just as much from my players as as they learn from me. So um, it is 
you know, coaching is a, is a people profession. Um, and just trying to, to help players be better. Um, you know, and again, like, I think one of the reasons that, that, that kind of answer sometimes seems cheesy is people forget to talk about the fact that winning is important, <laughs> you know, like that right, winning, right. winning soccer games is important. So, um, again, we, we believe that the, that winning games can be maximized by developing better people, you know, people who compete 5 a.m. Sure. Or, or 6 p.m. Uh, or, you know, whatever the time is, whatever the, whatever the weather is, whatever the conditions are, are they good computer, you know, competitors? Um, right. And so, um, that's, yeah, what's, that's I love what's that. really important to us. Yeah. Developing people. For sure. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, James, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Best Absolutely. Dude, I appreciate it. In the season, awesome. hopefully it happens for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank I know, you. I know. Thank you so much. Awesome. Yep. And, uh, I look forward yeah. to keeping up with y'all's progress as well. It's, 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 it's exciting stuff right now. Even, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but, uh, spring or who knows what, but it's awesome. I appreciate your help and your, and your sure. words and questions. It's, of course. Thank you. Yep. Awesome. We'll talk soon. Yeah.